Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special top five edition of Soap Dish Salem Style and Soap Dish Port Charles Style. We've got the whole team back together. And this week we are doing top five wishful storytelling, which is either top five stories we wish they would tell or top five stories we would change. So kicking us off, Nick, why don't you go first? What is your number five? My number five is from a show. Make it good. It's from a show I no longer watch, but if they told a story, I would. Um, so it's from YNR. Oh, and <laughs> after Devon finds out that Dominic is not his kid but Stitches. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that's the correction. Um, he goes back to New Promises Group Home, um, which is where he met Victor Newman. Uh, it was almost twenty years ago. Damn. It'll be 20 years next year. Um, so where he met Victor Newman, um, just to reconnect with his roots. And he finds out about the recent passing of his former social worker, Miss Lorena Davis. So he goes uh, to the memorial service. He reconnects with some of his old friends from when he was in foster care. And Miss Davis also left him a letter. Um, she's asked, she basically asked Devon to be more involved in the group home. Um, and like, be a mentor to the kids the way Victor was to him. So to honor her memory, he does. Um, when he goes back to the group home, he meets this kid named Quincy Taylor, who's kind of like reminds Devon of himself when he was a kid. He's very uh nonchalant about a lot of things. He doesn't trust anyone. He's got a chip on his shoulder and he's got big curly hair like Devon had back in the day. Um so Oh wait, I'm lost. Hold on. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I'm not trying to be rude. Go ahead. Is this the new story coming up? Are we doing the past? Like this is a new story. This is the oh, the rewrite of what would have happened. This is what I this oh, what, okay. This is what I Tony want to happen. <laughs> oh wait, did Tony do that? I did. I she said did. this is yeah. the, this is so- the top five <laughs> stories you either want them to tell or the top five stories you would correct. And in Nick's case, okay. his number five is both. If you paid attention in the group chat when I explained it, you would know you're welcome. I don't yeah. recall. <laughs> what else is new? Continue, Nick. <laughs> so Devon meets Quincy, who is struggling with Mr. Davis's passing. Um, Quincy tells Devon that Miss Davis left him a letter too, but he lost it. And that's when Devon compares them, yada yada yada. Um he he recognizes Quincy's name and wonders if Quincy is related to his former stepmother Karen Taylor that's Neil's third or fourth wife I don't remember which one um he says no but he does have an aunt named Michelle um and Devon recognizes Michelle as his former his former foster mom so Devon before he ended up at the group home he lived in about 12 different foster homes with 12 different families the Taylor family was the only family that was actually considering adopting him until their marriage fell apart. But Devon never knew why their marriage fell apart. So um, Devon invites Quincy to dinner and convinces him to bring Michelle with him. Um, Michelle's now going by her maiden name, Freeman. Um, They reminisce about their time living together when he was a kid. Um, Quincy wonders what happened to Michelle and Mr. Taylor's marriage. Um, Michelle doesn't like the question, so she ends the dinner early and takes her nephew and goes. Devon goes back to the group home. He realizes Quincy's avoiding him. He asks Quincy why. He says, uh, Michelle told me to avoid you and told me not to talk to you or be around you anymore. 
So Devon goes looking for Michelle, trying to figure out why. Turns out, um, where am I at? Do, 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 do. I nope. did not understand the assignment. <laughs> I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to say that now. But wrap it up. <laughs> I'm going to get to the end. Of it. So thank you. De Michelle blames Devon for the end of her marriage. Devon's like, nothing ever happened between us. I was 15. What is she talking about? So he goes looking for her. He finds out that Michelle blames him or blamed him technically to Quincy's face because Devon is Quincy's biological father. Quincy's mother is Michelle's niece by marriage. They were basically watching over her. Devon knocked up her husband's niece. The father was pissed. They got divorced. He left Quincy at the group home. And now Devon has to figure out what to do with the rest of his life and his new son. That's nice and all. But <laughs> I guess <laughs> <laughs> that was very involved for number five. Yeah. Like, I told you. <laughs> that's the most. De that's the most detailed I'm gonna get. <laughs> we'll give you a C for that thesis, Ariette. It could have been longer, but I cut some out. <laughs> All right, Ariette. What's your number five? And Which please... one of us is hosting, sir? Oh shit! But please, <laughs> if it's a one paragraph. He's... One. It was just please. one long one. His story was long, but mine is gonna be extremely short because it's not. <laughs> Hush, this was good. Anyway. It was the shite. <laughs> Listen, you lucky I didn't. I didn't put the wishful castings in there too. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, but I'll, I'll save that for an off. So you mean to tell me it's a damn work cited? Let's move on. <laughs> All right, what's coming in at number five for you? So my number five, I guess it's a mix of maybe not completely changing the story, but adding more into it. So it's like changing, but it like also adding a story. I don't You're know. Adding more mix. depth to it. Yeah. And it's the Johnny, Allie, and Chanel triangle on days. What we had originally with... um. Uh, Chanel and Allie having that deep connection, that slow build, in contrast to Johnny and uh, Chanel having that fast burn. I would say that they were because it's been a while. Like I, that was fine. That was good. Like that, that worked. I like that. And once we hit upon, I think. Somewhere early 2022 is when it went completely wrong. And instead of just doing all the bullshit that they did, they should have, like, I wanted them to change what happened then. I don't have a specific story in mind, but what came, like, after the initial buildups, fast burn, slow burn, with these respective pairings, I would have added more, like, either more angst to either ship and the like chanel for instance i would have in hindsight yeah i i loved that she picked ally but being at this place where chanel is basically with neither of them right now but they're playing up johnny and chanel but they haven't let's be honest they haven't done a good job did you not watch the last week 
I did watch the last week, but it's it's the build Johnny and Chanel have had now currently. But they're building up Talia and Chanel now. I love them. I love that's my ship, but I don't have to see either or. I don't have faith in the show to do a queer ship well. I would like to see something. I I prefer Talia and Chanel. But I'm, man. That's no, me. That, that's not what I meant. I mean, they I'm, never... not, I'm not a fan of Johnny anymore. Like, that's just me personally. However, in specific to this storyline, I would have had, like, in hindsight, like I said, after having seen everything air, I would have had Chanel pick herself and then uh, properly. Yeah, they were both being dicks in yeah. the lead up of her choosing. Yeah, it was more so like a. Uh, Chanel's mine. fighting over her like a chew toy, and it was just not. They should have been that because romanticizing, like coming from the place where we all with them now. Allie's off in New Zealand dating someone else, and all because of what it like, whatever happened this year, like her cheating on Chanel, them imploding, and her moving. Like, and Johnny is off doing nothing. He's doing absolutely nothing. Just wearing nice shirts. He's wearing flannel shirts and just walking around like he's just floating around. And the only thing they have Chanel do right now is the whole bakery stuff. And it's mostly like she's complaining about whatever happens with her bakery. And which is fine. I'm convinced they keep closing this bakery down so we can't see the inside. (laughs) They will have an excuse not to see the inside. I would I would have just changed what happened at that period, which where Chanel picked either of them. Like she should have stood strong in picking herself, and then they could have built on both ships, like as pairings and individually as characters. They should have added more depth to all of them, and maybe I don't know we would have had a different outcome. I'm not sure. I don't trust the show, like I said. But what we initially got in the beginning, that was all right. They play them up in the two different ways of Chanel, Chal, Chal, so many damn names. Charlie being the slow burn ship, and what was their um, what was Johnny and Chanel? Janelle? I believe they were Janelle. Janelle, thank you. Oh my god, how can I forget? Janelle was the fast burn ship. But Not like that. <laughs> no, because that was taken by Chad and Sonny. So we had <laughs> fans had to pivot. Like that was that worked. That 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 whole um uh period of 2021 between like I guess summer to December 2021, that was fine for the ships. What came afterwards wasn't. And we all know what happened. And right now we're basically back to square one and doing a similar triangle, except for Johnny not being related to like the other person, obviously. So I don't know. I just I would have changed the trajectory of it and added more depth to the characters because right now they're not better off than they were two years ago. So, yeah, I would have changed it, added more depth added more angst and longevity because you could have like these three characters and we have Chanel who's who's a black pansexual character we have two characters who are twins are who are interested in the same person like 
you could have dragged this out for a long time. And yet, they didn't. And they fumbled the bag and fucked it up royally. But that's the story I would have changed. Good call on your number five. Good Dylan, answer, what... Good answer. Dylan what's coming in at number you. five for you? <laughs> um, My number five is fairly recent and it's a story I would change. And for that, we're heading over to Port Charles and we're changing pretty much everything about Liz's reunion with her parents. First things first. (laughs) Do not call her right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We leave Bobby and Pam out of this. Like like, uh, just everything about it was wrong. And it's particularly egregious because it's, yeah, I'm in my TI bag. I'm in my thesaurus right now. Not Mariah Carey's pen. <laughs> but it's like, this was a story that fans, we literally waited decades to see told. And to center it around Finn and his dead wife instead of the legacy characters that were actually emotionally invested in it was Hello. just a completely asinine decision because then nobody give a fuck about radish not not even a half of one what you call her <laughs> radish <laughs> like and and to be like even to take it back further if this was what they were gonna do they could have honestly just skipped all the stuff with liz losing time and slashing canvases and Ripping yep. up wedding dresses and knocking Chase upside the head and having a breakdown. First <laughs> members do all that. <laughs> like, for why? Because, like, in the grand scheme of things, that was so pointless, Thank and it much. didn't it didn't add anything of value. And like, what we wanted was just Weber family that. drama. That's uh-huh. what we wanted. Ha- and and what they could have done was have. Jeff and Caroline come to town wanting to make amends after Liz read them for filth for having contact with her children behind her back. We could have just left it at that. Simple. <laughs> like they didn't need all like they 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 didn't need all of that because that was that was like a natural intro because clearly them having contact with Jake means that they are they wanted some sort of a connection to elizabeth yep so all they had to do was take take the introduction that they gave take go through the open door they opened the door all they had to do was walk them through it instead of all of this that we got and had they done that we would have gotten elizabeth centered and we would have gotten the story about her feelings of abandonment her justified resentment even like the you know comparisons with how they treated sarah as opposed to how they treated her and it was just making everything come back around to some woman that we never met and michael eastern's third go around the character mulberry bush was just it it was a cheat. It as a viewer, I felt cheated. And it also like continues the utterly trash tradition 
of taking stories about Elizabeth and making them about whatever man is in her orbit at that time. And I just feel like GH owes us an apology. They owe Rebecca Hurst an apology. We are owed some compensation at this point. Because this was we just, want reparations. Okay. This was, it was bad. It was bad and it, it was, was unnecessary awful. and it didn't need to be. No, it didn't. Just, uh, so yeah. Excellent choice. I'm shocked it's only your number five. I would have thought that would have been higher. I can I only imagine what number one is. Oh, oh, you're gonna like number one. Y'all gonna throw stones at me on this list. I'm already telling y'all now. Well, we don't worry. So. I got because my you, bricks ready. You have questionable yeah. options. But wh- while, we pre- while we prepare tomatoes for Michael's number five, Sarah, why don't you tell us <laughs> again number five? My number five is not necessarily a um, story switch up. It's more of which character I would have preferred featured in said story. Um, and mine is actually Beyond Salem 1 and 2. Um, the Wrong Brady Child, for me, for me, anyone listening, for me, was featured um, in the story. I always felt like Sean Brady should have been the Brady Child featured in both Salem 1 and 2. Um, I mean, Sean Brady is like, if we're going to talk about you know, adventure, he is his parents' children. Mm-hmm. He brought his entire class to, well, not, not he. They went on a, on a trip to Puerto Rico, and Don't he was able to me. convince... <laughs> no, please remind. Continue. Anyway, he was able to convince his teachers that they should go to an island that they didn't intend on going, and while there, he was going to look for his great-grand ruby that was stolen by Paul Mendez and his friends way back in the day. And so I always felt that it just didn't make sense why Sierra, I have a job but never go to work, Brady was (laughs) the the chosen one. I mean, I know that she, she is a writer's favorite. So in that sense, it makes sense. However, considering the history that Sean Brady has as a character and you know his ability to find find jewels uh it just yeah it never made sense to me it still doesn't make sense to me um, it also so, would yeah, have been an easy slide is... in because he has history with the ISA too because he he did a whole and he's story a with cop the ISA. he works in law enforcement like it just made sense for Sean to be the Brady Child featured in both Beyond Salem 1 and 2. Um, so yeah, that's my number five. That's what I would have changed in terms of the story. Eli, All right. and, Sean, Eli and Sean kicking ass on Beyond Salem 1 would have been fun. To mm-hmm. Like, it, it was not hard. I feel it's like, right especially there. in Beyond Salem 2 and this return with Bone Hope, Sean should have played a b- bigger role. And it feels like it's weird, though, because they had Sierra back for uh this return and she didn't do much so it didn't make sense for them to like not use sean instead like to not give, use sean? yeah Seriously. it made zero sense so that's a good one i agree a very good one michael what is coming in at number five for you 
Okay, so everyone else here came in with an axe to grind. No, I, I did not. <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. And actually, did I added that, that beginning part because of you, because you started with me. <laughs> I'll get you for that later on. <laughs> but um, my number five might shock you guys. Um, And I'm looking towards the future of something I would like to see. Mimi Lockhart is an alcoholic. Okay. You created a Mimi story. Did we travel to the Upside Down? Are you doing it to, I, I just have, to okay. kill her off? Or what? what, what <laughs> where are we going with this? Okay. I, I'm intrigued. I have selfish motives. I agree. <laughs> but, you know, with the concept of Sarah potentially leaving Rex in the lurch for Xander, and Rex is probably going to leave the country again, that's going to leave Mimi broken because she potentially thought of getting back together with Rex. It drives her to drink. She becomes a danger to little Amelia Bedelia. I can never remember her fucking Emily. name. Emily. <laughs> I mean, that's close enough, name? but continue. Her name that. is Emily. It was close enough. But yes, her. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Mimi drinks herself into a stupor. And eventually... Bonnie decides to take custody of little Amelia Bedelia and her and Justin raise. You're trying to get just a Bonnie and Justin a baby. <laughs> I just want to give them a story. And you know, I don't want to hear that's, any, that's where you choose disputes. to go? I don't want to hear any disputes from white people because if we were they were black, y'all would be all forward and you know why. <laughs> so... Y'all will take that story and deal. But yeah, Mimi goes to rehab for a long, long Okay, long that's what you're, <laughs> why you're doing. Uh-uh. And then once she leaves, she goes to a nice little halfway house in California. He's already <laughs> gone, go sir. Like, He's saying she ain't going back. Like she's yeah, maybe she needs some transitional she, housing. She's already not in camp. <laughs> Listen, look at the last past last blast crew. John oh, yeah, and bring that one back. Yeah, that's the Mimi I envisioned. In that you story. want the Mimi from last blast? No, mm. uh, you oh, you oh, had the, me the, from the, the, from the, 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 the what's wild the here one. is like I'm the, my, if Mimi is going to be on my screen, no, I might as well be a piece. No, I'm with him <laughs> until like. <laughs> completely shipping her off because she's already a not on canvas and haven't been for five years yeah ain't no wrong with recurring but the the wildest thing is when you y'all asking for a lot i gave y'all an inch (laughs) no but what's wild is when you look at the entire last blast crew currently she's the one who's like doing all right if you compare, like, to Sean, what he's going through to what happened with Philip, uh, I guess Belle is okay, but hey, still, like, Belle. Well, yeah, throw some booze at her. So she's doing all right. <laughs> she's co like co parenting with Rex to raise her ba- their baby and in Chicago, and that's about it. If yeah, I-, I would just like to see her drinking and being a danger baby- to Amelia Bedelia. You don't even care about Amelia. Oh, sorry, Emily. <laughs> you call him a baby, Amelia. <laughs> His power. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I would if you know Bonnie and Justin raised her. 
I would it's an like easier to way to give to give them a I'm just no, it, it's not about do that. not give her a ger geriatric pregnancy, Tony. No, God, no, 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 no. no. I would have just that. Had I feel like in her early 40s. Bonnie has made bullshit. A good she's not. I'm, we're talking about Bonnie here, not oh, 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 okay. Sorry, I thought you said Mimi. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Bonnie. That would still be a never mind. Anyways, <laughs> I would like to see. We've seen a little bit of the redemption story of Bonnie. I would like to see more of her and Justin's relationship and how they would be in more of a family unit. Justin's sons are never there, and I don't want Mimi back long-term. You could have just idiot. said you want a story for Bonnie and Justin. But guess what? That was my way of getting to that. <laughs> okay. But there were other easier ways to achieve that goal. But it was, but done. guess what? Guess what? I wanted a story that was in-depth. Because imagine the fight between Bonnie and Mimi of <laughs> Bonnie trying to take custody of her child. I have to question you though because Mimi and as much as I love them, let I love, the mayor have his story. I'm just questioning yeah. how we're getting there. And he told you how we're getting there. Mimi's no, what, what, well, with Mimi and Rex because they haven't been a thing. Can like, we they just add to, no, know, he said that Rex leaves. Y'all lucky this Rex lady leaves on my her. list. <laughs> I'm shocked she's on her on on your list. That was not where I that, thought you were going. Can I not have that? <laughs> yes, you, I'm just shocked. But that's a good one. Uh, I like it. But yeah, all that to get Justin and Bonnie raising a child together. All right. Well, my uh, number five is over in Port Charles. And I am deleting this entire Sasha story out of existence. <laughs> uh, we are not doing the whole gaslighting and letting Gladys ruin her life thing. We are instead having Cody tell Sasha the truth, having Sasha and Cody team up and yeeting Gladys out of existence with the help of Miss Wu. That might be coming. It's not coming fast enough, so I'm making it happen now. Not too manifesting. <laughs> this is hell. I'll, so, put, yes. I'll put it in my prayers. I might get it a year late, but you know. Well, now I've been getting shit quick now. It's crazy. So yeah, that's my number five. We are we are completely deleting this gaslighting Sasha story out of existence because it is painful and I am over the fifty shades of Sasha's torture porn. Like I'm just I'm done. I'm over it. So we are completely changing it up. And that is my number five. She has not caught a break in her whole existence. It's so crazy. Uh, and it is time it is past funny. time. She a whole widow. And the grieving mom. It's like it, it's too much. Now we are on number four. So Nick, what is number four for you? Uh my number four is in Port Charles. Um, since they killed off AJ Quartermain twice, I'm not even going to bother bringing him back. They don't want him. Um, but I would introduce Alan James Quartermain the third as AJ's illegitimate son. His mama is either Nikki Langton. Or Keisha Ward, take your pick. Um, he comes to town pissed at Michael for forgiving the man that murdered their father. Wait, and... question. Are Keisha and AJ related? No. No. Okay. They actually dated. I think she was messing with him before she left. But, no, um, I, I, I yeah. know they dated. She but dated with... him after the whole Jason thing. I just wasn't yeah. sure with making Justin, uh, Justice rather, um, 
connected to the quarter main oh, that quarter main. So you just... saying it's a victor situation where all the children could be his. That's what you're no. thinking. Justice is <laughs> no justice is Keisha's cousin. They're not they don't have the same dad or Bradley Justice Ward is Bradley Ward's son. That's Edward's son. Keisha is David Ward's daughter. That's Bradley Ward's half brother from a different father. Edward is not his father. So got it. Okay. Carry so, on. I was yeah. just con- confused. So he shows up hating Michael's guts and um for forgiving Sonny for killing AJ. And he wants to go after what he feels is rightfully his birthright. If he's Nikki's child, then he can hook up with Sasha Gilmore. If he's Keisha's son, then he can be a legitimate love interest for Trina Robinson. Argue with the wall. I don't care. Nigga, what? <laughs> just See, talking I, out his ass. Right? I was Come here on, with you man. until you got there. Are you serious right now? This Kyla Paris list. I was the Kyla Paris man? list. Get him Y'all down. let him land. No, 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 no. Wait, you, no, you didn't no. let me question Michael. No. What? <laughs> yes, I did. Aria, I don't know. No, wait, names, wait, Aria, so you questioned far. Michael a lot. A lot. <laughs> was interrogated, but okay. not the last part. But, no. but you did. Okay, context. Well, the what? context is Trina is what nineteen twenty. Yeah. There's absolutely no way. No, I said. I said if if he's Keisha's kid, that means he would be around the same age as Dex, or if, if not a, a year or two younger. But how do we already feel about Dex and Jocelyn? That part. I don't like them because there's no story. I don't like. I don't like these. No, we're. This is it's not giving. Rape, not it's giving robbing the cradle. Thank you. It's not nineteen. This is. It's not nineteen eighty five anymore. I. We don't need to be putting these young ass girls with these old ass men. Oh, he would be in his twenties. He would literally be twenty five. Oh, Nicholas. He he would oh, literally be twenty five. You have Dex literally said. Thank you. He served in Iraq. <laughs> so I, I said you so he's a few that. years young, he's a few years younger than Dex. Nick, he served in Iraq. What year is it? Dex served in Iraq? Yes. Okay. Wait, and I said he's a that few... old? Keisha left town in ninety-eight. That is a year after I graduated high school. You're I guess we I, no, I'm not. I don't I don't agree with that. I guess we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Wait, I'm- I love being on the other side of this. <laughs> Get your turn, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I have a pretty good list. And they could go ahead and finish your problematic storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't consider that problematic, but I'm done. Okay. This has been a day. Okay. You're cho- <laughs> choosing violence today. Oh Lord. Anyway, who's that? Oh goodness! I am. Oh lord! <laughs> Come again! Everyone's on the edge. This time. <laughs> Ariette, what's your number four? Well, Michael's gonna throw bricks at me again. Cause... Oh Jesus! But no, no, actually, it's a, it became a tie now because you gave me some inspirations to my fanon. So here we go. The first, since I have a tie, the first story like on my number four i wouldn't change the complete story like the entire story however i would have changed how they went about it and i'm talking about mimi's abortion i would have had choice i would have had them still had mimi have a book like i would have 
kept the abortion in, but have Rex aware about it and removed Jan from the story because she she wasn't an interloper, but she was um blackmailing um Mimi about it and stuff like that. I would have completely removed that from the story and have Rex and Mimi deal with this as time went along. And I would have changed the in intention behind the story because it was for shock value at the time. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm not going to go into all of that now, but I would have just changed how they went about the story and have Rex involved with it and have the focus changed to them. And now fast forward to now, current time. I actually like Michael's idea of Mimi like being an alcoholic. I would have just added more to how she gets there. I and... mean, imagine the tea of she almost burnt <laughs> down the house with Amelia Bedelia in it because she was drinking the funny water. Yes. I would just add more. I really Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. I would just <laughs> I would just add more depth into this and like have have something ha I don't know maybe not that extreme but have something happen to get Mimi to this point that will also draw Rex into this instead of the story he's currently in because I hate how they're using Rex y'all know that but I would just pull him right back into Mimi's direction and have them focus like on rebuilding somehow Rex and Mimi, I guess. Like I have to be greedy. But anyway, I would I would have Mimi be completely unapologetic. And instead of like, think back of, of how Bonnie was in uh, 2003, 4, 5. She was very blunt and did whatever she wanted. She was extre extremely cartoonish, but I would have Mimi kind of be Bonnie-esque. However, I would turn it from cartoon to more dark and more self-sabotage self because that's kind of always been a thing for Mimi, but not to the extreme. However, I'm not sure how the show would handle that. I would just make it a bit more self-sabotage because... Mimi's going through a whole lot and then eventually that leads to her drinking and that leads to Rex coming into the picture and Bonnie trying to like trying to get custody of um Emily <laughs> almost said Amelia Bedelia. you almost said Amelia again <laughs> <laughs> but like I would just add more nuance and more depth and or something like some, I don't know what would happen to Mimi to get her to this point. Maybe she still feels guilty about killing her dad and her mom going to prison for it. I don't know. But it would be something extreme maybe happening to her. Because Mimi, as a character, she's always been kind of fragile. So I want to do something too extreme because I know the show, the current regime are not good at handling Social but stories? that would be so out the blue. Huh? That would be so out the blue, though. She's been fine with it for 20 years now. Yes. Or are you, or are you changing how it was done at the time so that there's... Are you, what are you 
referring to exactly because i'm thinking well, said, more yeah i'm just thinking more of trying to pull something in here to build on why she ends up being like self-destructive I, I maybe it can stem from her like her father's death and then her mom going to prison like and build up from there somehow or it could just be completely random that has happened recently and it just escalates and then then leads her to drinking and then everyone else getting involved. I don't know how it would get there, but I would really like to see that. Because Mimi as a character, yeah, we had the whole um, trajectory of her being uh, very insecure. Homeless? In Home homeless, insecure in high school then having like a whole build from that to uh where she ended in 2002 and then her being quirky ditzy funny like lovable enjoyable based on if you liked her or not I don't know um but like being the quirky Mimi to then following the abortion and everything that happened to that like it like we went through a whole lot of emotions with Mimi so I would like to see the different side I'm I'm unapologetic the one who does not give a fuck the one who's closed off to love the one who's it's a lot i want a lot i've been like this is one of my fans for mimi i would have her more bonnie-esque more like unapologetic but also more dark more self-destructive that is something that i would like to see and it could also add into or play into michael's wishful story somehow but yeah, it's long. It's something I wanted for a while. So hey, I opened up a can of worms that I didn't. But, <laughs> well, how do you know that wasn't already on her list? <laughs> it probably no. was. No, actually, I had Mimi's abortion there, and I was thinking, should I add my other story into this? And it's something that I really wanted to see with Mimi. But she's not around, so it's impossible. And then Michael said his story, and I'm like, wait a minute, let me just add mine. So there's ways to do it. You could tie yours into mine. But the thing is, how would she get there? How would she break is the question. I told you. <laughs> burning the house. Okay, but why is she burning the house? Why is she drinking? That's what I want to know. That's I literally told you. All right. Dylan, what's <laughs> coming in at number four for you? Okay. Um, for my number four, we're gonna stay in Salem. And this is a story that I'd wish that they'd tell. And it's Johnny, Allie, and Sydney finding out the truth about how the twins were conceived. Yes. Oh my talk god. Talk about it because mm. <laughs> But Ron can't be writing it though because <laughs> right um, no why is wishful not thinking? only that <laughs> Allison Sweeney is still in her veil mystery whatever <laughs> no. she is. oh right. she's doing she's doing another uh, murder she baked yeah oh, oh don't like... she cook <laughs> ain't they on the like eighth <laughs> fucking movie listen oh my god that she said she said the, the checks are still depositing so. the, exactly the checks are clear so i can't even blame her you will watch her age ahead, like Vin diesel and fast and furious and it ain't shit but her bacon um the fun okay. hallmark here's a fun hallmark <laughs> and, and like i know when we talk about this we usually focus on just the ej johnny angle but like looking at it as a whole 
Allie has made enough like slick, vaguely slut shamey comments here and there yeah. that I think finding out exactly what happened might have a profound effect on how she views her mother because she's clearly convinced that their conception was just Sammy being her usual chaotic oh, self. self and like that is not the case at all and <laughs> like also um just based on things that they said when Dan first came on as EJ they know um, it's very clear that EJ was at the very least emotionally abusive to Sammy during his recovery. And yeah. so it would be interesting to see how they view that knowing this particular aspect of Sammy and EJ's history. And like for Johnny, I think it could find be the catalyst to finally doing some deep character exploration and fully exploring where his conflict with EJ comes from. Because it like, never made sense. Ever. And like that relationship. And I also feel like there's, it could be a little bit of an umbrella story because there's enough characters around who were there, who were there at the time to kind yeah. of add like POV to the tangled web that has been EJ and Sammy's relationship and okay admittedly admittedly this is I'm asking for a lot because I do think that you you need Allison Sweeney on hand for an extended amount of time and yeah, you need know. you need Brian Dottillo because I don't think you could tell the story without and Hallmark is worse than I turn I agree <laughs> And I'd also, um, I would like for Sydney to be on canvas and for Will to be around as well. I, I don't know if you're going to get Sydney. I think you can get everything else, but they <laughs> act like Sydney is Beetlejuice. <laughs> I know, but I just feel like, well, especially, like, especially if she's a daddy's girl. Ooh. And then, yeah. like, and then, like, finding, then, like, having that be like the gateway that opens up to her finding out what the early start of her parents' relationship was. Cause we remember, like remember how Sammy and Rafe started. She was terrified of EJ. Yep. Yeah. I vaguely remember it. She was Pepper's in the witness protection, remembers. wasn't she? She, yeah, yeah, she, she, was. she witnessed the mayor's murder. She thought EJ was the one who did it. So she went into witness protection. Like there's, there's a lot that they could there's a lot of mileage they can get out of this one reveal. Yeah. And I just, I would, I would like to see it. I would like to see it done well. I would like to see it done that with part. all of the, <laughs> like, I, I know, oh, I know it's a lot. A I know it's asking for a lot, but I feel like it would be a good story. And I think that like, I think like Dan and Allie and I, I feel like they could, it would be good if, if it was written well and they, you know, got to do what they do. But yeah, that's my number four. I would like to see that. I love that that's pick. A good one. Yeah, that's a good one. You definitely Sarah... need a new writer, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I don't want Ron touching anything having to do with rape ever again in this lifetime or any other. Okay. 
<laughs> Sarah, what is coming in at number four for you? Number four for me is Jada's abortion story. And I'm torn at which direction I want it to be. It's almost like I kind of wish she didn't get pregnant and her and Eric were just a fling and that was that. And we move on and we are where we are with with Eric and Nicole today. But then on the flip side, if you are going to tell an abortion story, considering the climate of which we are in, I wish that that's what the focus was on rather than Nicole's feelings about Eric. Um, If they were going to write the abortion story, I really wish it would have been focus on Jada I wish we had Jada's point of view on the abortion I wish I talked about this in a podcast podcast episode before considering the climate we are in you know I would have loved for them to do something similar that was done in um, Pea Valley where Mercedes was bringing her daughter to the abortion clinic and there were abortion protesters outside like something if you're going to tell an abortion story consider the climate yes we use soaps as escapism to reality but i think that would have been a really good way to count to to bring the real in real you know in in the in the 90s and the early 2000s soaps were very much in their psa bags um and i think this would have been a good nod to that so yeah, with Jada's abortion story, I'm really torn in which direction I would have preferred. Um, no, I'm not torn in. I would have preferred she not be pregnant and her and Eric were fling. Okay, we're done. We had fun. We're adults. <laughs> Let's move on. That's what I would have preferred uh, considering how they handled the abortion story. But if they were really keen on telling this abortion story, I really wish it would have been Jada focused versus um, Nicole boohooing about Eric <laughs> um, digging down someone else. That part. So yeah, if she wasn't married. Okay. Is it my turn? It is. Yep, Michael. What that is a great choice, Sarah. Michael, what is coming in at number four for you? Okay, so I just made this up on the fly, but not really because I've always thought this. Um, what I would like to change would have to be the J and J slash Kate story of the timeline jump. Um, it wouldn't have been a one time thing for me. Tony, don't throw anything yet. <clears throat> let, me fi- let me finish and then throw stuff. Um, Jennifer would have awoken from her coma paralyzed from the waist down because that fall was a bitch. Um, but I, I do want. Even though, you know, I have a thing about soaps miraculously curing paralysis. Is that a word? Paralysis. Paralysis. Paralysis, I'm sorry. Um, Curing paralysis like that because that's offensive as fuck. But it's days of our lives. Who are we kidding, people? Um, Jennifer would have been doing PT to get regain the use of her legs. But all during this time... Jack doesn't know how to tell Jennifer that he's been sleeping with Kate until Jennifer decides to surprise Jack with the knowledge of her walking again and walks into the hoarding living room with Jack and Kate making love on Alice's couch. But it's yeah, we need to burn that couch. Found out about Hillary and Devon. 
post-positive blindness. I don't That's what it reminds me of. When I thought about this, I was like, this reminds me of something. <laughs> um, yeah, he walked in on them screwing in the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, but on your grandma's couch, it's a whole different story. That yeah, nobody that should be ever be, be doing anything. That couch needs to be burned. Listen, after Sierra was raped on that couch, that couch needs to be burned. That couch should have been burned before Sierra was raped, okay? It was out <laughs> of date. Everybody <laughs> had said the couch is ugly. <laughs> Why'd she drag a grand couch? <laughs> a 60 year old couch. Y'all got a point, but still, them two old people would have been hunching on it. In my story. Yeah. Don't act like it would have been a good ass story to say. It would have been a terrible ass story, but I'm going to let you have that because I don't feel like <laughs> arguing with you. It would have been terrible to you and only you. Fair well, point. That is your, your story you wish for. Right. I, I'm going to just move on to my number four, <laughs> which is uh, I am staying in Salem as well, and I am undoing Gwen's paternity. She is not Jack's daughter. She is, in <laughs> fact, the child of... I know where you're going. Go ahead. I think you probably do know where I'm going because I've discussed this before. You said it before. <laughs> she is the child of Eve Donovan and Frankie Brady. That's no, not what you said no, before. No. <laughs> uh, uh, that, well, no. Okay, which... Because I've had a couple different Gwen backstories for Gwen. This is one of them. I didn't know about this one. This is new. <laughs> I I wanted her to be Peter Blake's adopted daughter. Tony, you shit the bed. <laughs> well, let me finish and then you can be the judge. So, because when she first came in, they did this thing where she was like very fascinated with Ben and Sierra's save the date card for their wedding. So I had thought that she wanted revenge on Ben. That's kind of where I thought it was going. And then they kind of dropped that. So I had always wanted her to be Eve and Frankie's child and that he she was getting revenge on Ben for what happened with Paige. But then everything that she would have done to Abigail could have been told from the perspective of, well, my mother hated your I mother. Hate yeah, my yes. mother hated your mother. Your mother made my mother's life a living hell. And even though that's not entirely accurate, that is the version of the truth that Eve has been going with for the entirety of her existence. So I mean, it would it would make sense that Gwen Jennifer. I can believe it. It would make sense that Gwen would believe that. And then that would give everything that she did to Abby for me a little bit more weight because I'm sorry, her hating Abby for simply existing when Jack didn't know that Gwen existed never made any sense to me. And if we were going to be stuck with Gwen for as long as we've been stuck with her, I would have at least found a way to ground uh, everything she did. <laughs> I would have at least I'm found a way to ground her. everything that she did in a little bit more um, emotion than what we got, because like what we got sucked ass. <laughs> so I would have completely pivoted, and that is my number four. I, I guess I didn't shit the bed quite as much as you thought. Uh, you did, but you gave me grace of the last one, so I guess I'll give you grace of this one. All right, Nick, what's coming in at number three for you? Probably the biggest pipe dream I've ever had for General Hospital. Really? It'll, it'll never happen. But um, what I wanted, um, because Bradley Ward was a hoe, just like Edward Quartermain was, 
and we've met a few of his mistresses. Um, I wanted to find out that Sean Butler was Bradley Ward's son with Elizabeth Jackson. That's what I wanted. That's it. I'm not going yeah. into detail. I don't think I would have hated that. I think that would have actually been really interesting. No, yeah, Elizabeth was his secretary. That would have pissed me died. off because he wouldn't be there. Who wouldn't be there? Oh, you mean Bre Sean? He ain't yeah. there now. You got to, you got to bring him back. He's not. This is wishful. You have to bring him back. That's wishful with as a hell. different writing team and a different yeah. person because he's not coming back. No, he's not. I wouldn't come back. Just in general, I wouldn't, he's I wouldn't not coming him. back, and I don't blame him. He came back after winning the Emmy, and they treated him like they did. I wouldn't. Ooh, so I mean, y'all, <laughs> right? Actually, really like this. <laughs> they could cast like Victoria Rao as Faith Ward, and you think that's how we find out. No, I'm this is wish, wish list stir. Uh, yeah, now y'all see how y'all pick apart mine. I didn't, huh? I didn't say nothing about the story, sir. <laughs> Me and Michael got to the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, this I don't mind because you are right. Bradley was. I like him. Mm, mm. I actually didn't he, he belongs to the street. As long as long as Bradley been dead, he was such a hoe that we knew his mistress's names, both of right? them. Right. <laughs> that that name was for the street. Sean Butler's coming back. Yeah, I'm but... not against it. It opens up um, stories for Portia, and hopefully Jordan too. Yeah. And TJ, because he would be a quarter main too. I didn't mean it in the right way either. So, <laughs> y'all are filthy. I didn't know what y'all was talking about when you said <laughs> Portia and Jordan. Well, Jordan made sense because that's a baby daddy, but Portia, my, like, how does that work? Ew. <laughs> it opens up doors. Oh, uh, boy. Nasty. Or, never mind. I'm not going right. to say that. Let, let us. You're let nasty, us... Michael. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming in at number three for you, Ariat? So my number three would be Bowman Hope's Return. I wouldn't change it completely. I would just change how um, they went about with the story. I didn't hate Robo Bo, and I didn't necessarily mind what they had going, but I would have had Hope be on the trajectory of finding Bo instead of being like so far removed from the story and ending up with sharing the last what was it two episodes with Bo and have like having their quote-unquote reunion at the end like it was very hit and miss and I know everyone basically hated this story I didn't hate all of it I just feel like it was it was a letdown in general because it's Bo and Hope and this is kind of what they did and I I would have had hope somehow figure out that Bo is alive because we had Beyonce on two where basically the whole thing was centered around Bo when it comes it came to hope that is like and she like reunited with him in heaven and all of that and to end up with what we got on screen for their return uh, it never made sense and also how they used or not used their kids in the story because Sierra was 
there but not there completely like we she came back and that was that she was around for a few episodes and they didn't make much of that and Sean he wasn't even in the story basically until the end so and now that's a non-factor basically it, it is a factor but it's not playing the way I would hoped it had played out because Sean's Sean turning to like drinking and stuff like that it has played once in a blue moon and that is not a good way to tell a story it had massive potential but the aftermath has been also a letdown overall I didn't hate it I would have just changed a few things here and there that could have made this story much better I would have had hope search for Bo from the start. I don't know how she would have gotten there, but actually set up for it in Beyond yeah. Salem too. They like her have remembering the dream at the end of two could have been the gateway to her having a gut feeling that Bo was alive and then deciding to go after Megan just based on that alone. Yeah, because like once she, she she was a cop. Like her investigator investigator instinct should have kicked in and she could have followed Megan and then lead up to finding Bo and then okay, let's get you out of here. But then he has amnesia and then build the story from there. What we got was a letdown in the like grand sense of things. Like it was just not it. I didn't hate it, but again, you could have done so much better with the ending of that story left a lot to be desired Mm -hmm. so yeah that is my number three dylan what's coming in at number three for you um my number three is back in port charles and it kind of touches on something that uh nick said earlier it's a two for one and i am going to undo both emily and aj's deaths yes um Listen. Their choice. Just, even though uh, they probably just kill AJ again. I know, right? He'll go missing this. <laughs> he'd be time. like, he'd be like, who's the one that kept dying on South Park? Kenny. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen. I I just feel like the Quartermains being decimated the way that they were is one of the biggest missteps the show yeah. has ever taken. And, and they haven't rebounded back from it at ever, all. Ever. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And like killing Alan off needlessly when they did it along with like Emily and AJ it, it to be blunt that it was just some dumbass decision making yeah. and the show has been left poorer for it in the end cuz like the quarter means don't feel like the quarter means anymore at all and like they're missing so much of their history and their legacy and look I'm sorry no 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 shade to anybody but like michael and drew don't feel like quartermains at all is they and... barely spent any time in that house michael only wants to be a quartermain when he's mad at sunny that part yeah and like i love her this she's my girl but like brooklyn has had such an inconsistent presence in the family that yeah. she doesn't really feel that void yeah and, and it's like, I need folks that were there when Jason was wearing Cosby sweaters <laughs> and grew up having afternoon tea with Lila and like refereeing and taking bets on the family feuds. Like, I need 
quartermains who understand the assignment and understand what that means and have the weight behind like their relationships to like dig in and actually like go rounds with Tracy when she gets <laughs> when she gets going. Yeah. And like and if you if you really want a sense of what we've lost when it comes to that family, watch the recent Christmas episode. Mm, and at your uh, own risk. God. <laughs> it was bad. And just look at how they had to fill the mansion up with random folks. Random motherfuckers. Brit, Cody, random lady. Right. Mary Magdalene. Uh, Like, what? (laughs) Like, look at that. And then go watch any of, like, the classic Quartermain family Thanksgivings. And you'll just, you'll see, like, the night and day difference. And I just, I feel like we lost something when they started dismantling that family. And I would just like to have it back. So that's my number three. All right, Sarah, what is coming in at number three for you? My number three is so vague, yet (laughs) so, so much, so much could be told here. Yet we don't want this man back on the canvas. <laughs> it's just <laughs> my number three. My number three is Theo Carver. Um, uh, okay. There's so many things <laughs> I want for Theo. Yeah. But at the same time, like I don't want him back if we're going to be we're going to have this writing regime. Mm, so yeah. the first thing I would actually do with Theo. Uh, he needs to cut ties with that Brady girlfriend of his because All Claire, ways, to be honest, Claire does nothing for him. Okay, he's too good for Claire. We'll I just need there. him away from her. I just need him away from you're her. Trying to Let's tell me he, he, he ain't met nobody. He ain't met a. And if you know the women South in South sister. Africa, they are fine, big booty. Clear skin. Okay. But y'all gonna hate me, so hey. So that's the first thing I would do with Theo. Um, one thing I would actually like to see is him and Chanel in real time. Because when they were on canvas together for that short amount of time, I very much was intrigued. So I would like. The chemistry like was chemistry. The sexual chemistry. It, it, oh it was there. In church, by the way. <laughs> okay. And also, I, I want to see it. I want to see it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't have a story to develop there, but I want <laughs> to see it. So that is my number three. Sarah, you All fucking right? scared me because I thought she was, you were like, <laughs> this is a character we don't want on canvas. And I was like, what right. the fuck is yeah. she going to bring back Daniel Jonas? <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking Daniel Jonas too. That's where I was, that's where <laughs> no. I, I was like, oh. uh, no, I have some, I have self-respect. I would never bring that man back. <laughs> you scared the fuck out of me. I was like, what? No, please don't go there. Yeah, yeah, no. With the current with the current writing regime, let's be honest, we don't want yeah. Theo back, and we've said it numerous times on the podcast. Y'all beat me but... into submission. I tried for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like, and Theo is just necessary. there's so much potential with Theo. One, he's very necessary, necessary. currently because Abe's children 
Abe doesn't have anyone on the canvas that is really going to be there for Abe. Um, but he he's a Demira, but like a good Demira. And I, I would like to see that that aspect actually of Theo explored and how that ties into also him. Um, he doesn't have Asperger's, does he? Or are we no, supposed to assume he has Asperger's? Yeah. I think, so no, I would like to see has, how... He, I think he's, ahead, he's, um, he has autism. He's on the spectrum. Yeah, he's on the spectrum, but they've never said if it's Asperger's or not. No, I don't think they've ever said that. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I would just really like to see Theo explored as a character. There's so much potential there. And even when they did the um, him getting shot by by JJ, like the story was supposed to be about JJ and JJ's feelings. And then it was never supposed to be about Theo and him getting shot by a cop in the political climate that we're in. But anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, Theo Carver is my number three. All right, Michael, what is coming in at number three for you? Controversial take, but I would change Paige Larson dying. Um, to me personally, after Paige Larson died, JJ did not have a direction for... He has not had direction since Paige died. Let's be very clear. So I would very much write for several, several, several years, Paige punished JJ for sleeping with her mother. I don't know how, and I don't know why, but I would like to see that. <laughs> because <laughs> before Paige died, she was cooking with some grease. Remember that birthday party at the Horton house and she threw cake all over Alice's carpet? And then she went home and promptly died at the hands of the killer. So, okay, are you undoing her attack or are you saying she survived the attack? Which way are you she going? She survived the attack. And much like Prue, after she got really badly beaten, she became that bitch. That's what would have happened in the story. So she almost died and it changed her, basically. Yes. She started kicking ass and slapping folks and cussing folks out and taking <laughs> names after. I actually don't hate that. Me either. Am I two for one? All right. This is the most logical. This is the most logical example on your list yet. So what? What are you saying? I need to come in drinking more often. Don't you That's do that not anyway? What she's saying. <laughs> You're not even drunk. <laughs> He's not even drunk. Oh, oh yeah, I'm still feeling it. <laughs> All right, that's mine. Why, that's why I've been so quiet. Um, <laughs> quiet. My number three. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would change Abigail's death, and I would not have done it in a murder mystery. If she were going to die, I would have given her like a brain tumor or cancer or something where we could see Chad and Abby have time together trying to beat whatever it is that they get like whatever terminal illness that she has rather than the terrible shitty murder mystery that had absolutely nothing to do with abby at all long she wasn't pregnant i'm good with that i don't know the 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 cancer story we just got from gh over there yeah oh yeah hell we're still dealing with that i think it's been a while since days had one the last one they had that i can remember is adrian's Yes. Same. I mean, no, 
that wasn't i mean that was the whole mystery the whole thing with the marlena kate and um kayla dying but that that wasn't cancer that was flower disease yeah i mean just an Ill <laughs> illness that is <laughs> cancer no I, if if we were going to actually kill Abby, I would have made her death about her, given her family time to actually like say goodbye to her and give her a centered story that was actually about her, rather than making her a plot point to service an unnecessary mystery that nobody asked for. And that is my number three. Nick, what is coming in at number two for you? Um, number two is in Port Charles. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, I still want Avery to be Morgan's. Sonny didn't need no more kids. Sure Carly, didn't say that. Carly choosing to mess with Avery's paternity to keep Morgan and Ava apart is something she would totally do. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, and I need, and I want Ava to have a bit more leverage when it comes to Avery because I don't like the fact that it feels like Sonny and Carly even though they're not even married anymore are in control of that situation yep Any, anytime Ava pisses them off or upsets them they always bring up Avery well bitch if she ain't yours it don't matter and Morgan dead or alive I want Avery they to can be undead him. yeah <laughs> they can but dead or alive I want Avery to be Morgan's child period and I'm going to accept any convoluted way they undid right? him just to bring that story <laughs> in. Yeah, I would. Could you imagine the drama if Morgan was losing his mind and he finds out Carly knew he could? Because in my head, but Morgan would interrupt, but they're not going to undead him mainly because that's the one Trump card they have over Ava. Yeah. That's why I said dead or alive. But like, could you imagine Morgan coming back and him finding out that? he was spiraling and his mother knew he had a kid and the very well, it's thing really not because she still killed connie well yeah <laughs> who the hell is connie? and she's still <laughs> and she's kind of technically the one of yeah, the reasons, reasons aj is dead. dead yeah yeah because like she murdered connie that was sunny's fiance at the time she framed aj for the murder which is what sent sunny after him and wound up with aj dying yeah. Ava yeah. been here that damn long. Mm -hmm. yep. She sure has. She it's just celebrated ten her ten year anniversary this year. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, mm -hmm. but um, Avery needs to be Morgan's child. I like that. Yeah, agree. Me too. All right, what is coming in at number two for you? I'm redeeming myself a little bit, apparently. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You are. You are. Y'all are being nice. <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> no, that blunt Tony off the top tell. rope. <laughs> Go ahead, Aria. Tony. No wait, it's Arya's turn. Arya, yeah, what's just waiting until for you? we all finish being being messy? <laughs> Go off with my number two. But my number two is um uh David Abraham's Abraham's death. I would have not have him die. Cartier agreed. Yeah, Cartier agrees. Oh, please. But thank you. He agrees. 
But yeah, I would not have them kill off David Abraham. That was not necessary at all. I would have minded seeing Ilani co-parent and ending up falling in love. I know Nick and I, we used to discuss a story back in the day, like way, 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 way back. I don't remember it currently, but I remember liking what we had. Do you remember that? Um, Maybe not, but... Vaguely. Probably not. But I remember just like going off on like having them not be together, but like raising David Abraham together and then ending up falling in love. Like I yeah. I would have really liked to see that. Granted, I love their performances and like the the scenes, the episode was really heartbreaking and beautiful, but I feel like he could have been alive it wasn't this was so unnecessary and for no reason so yeah to be honest i even would have taken like maybe he was born very premature and he was in the hospital for a long time and they had to care for him and see him through that and then they ended up falling in love that way yeah that would have been really interesting to see and really good and even they could have had changed i guess they could have changed the not the audience not finding out who the the father is like it could have have happened later there was never a question on who the father was i just know based but on i'm the just timing of conception i'm just saying like the audience should have never found out until like the baby was born oh you wanted a mystery okay not a mystery but like the baby is born she like... wanted to lock up longer <laughs> yeah it could have, <laughs> we could have played up the lie a bit longer i did i really enjoyed what they played up up until um the reveal because that was a really good reveal in the whole whole damn courthouse like in in the middle of a trial that was really good and i i think i i liked it but they could have dragged it out longer and the baby is premature and then jj is not a match but eli is and boom there's the next story, and then Lonnie and, and JJ break up, and then Lonnie is drawn to Eli, and they're raising um David David Abraham and ends up eventually falling in love. Like that could have been so good. And could David would have been five, six now. Yeah. Uh, five without the time jump, six with. Yes. So ultimately I would have changed him dying and maybe change the trajectory of the story the initial like beginning of the story was all all right and i enjoyed it up until the reveal but then they kind of dropped it afterwards and then decided let's let's kill the baby off which was not needed and yeah so they i i i would have liked to see how they had would have played the story with david being alive but yeah that is one story i would have change a bit and add it to good choice dylan what is coming in at number two for you okay um walk with me people Hmm. (laughs) okay that that, that that scares me a little but go ahead get on your scooter (laughs) (laughs) scooter. i hate you so much go ahead my my number two is over in genoa city and I'm going to try to keep it very short and, and sweet here. 
group project baby would not exist if I had my way. Thank you. I <laughs> Here's the thing. Abby using a surrogate, whatever. Abby wanting to start a family with chance. But okay, fine. Everything after that was hot garbage. Like, first of all, this man went out to take a phone call and never came back. And she was just like, <laughs> oh, well, we're just going to carry on. Sis, are you slow? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> who does Maybe he that? left for a reason. But, like, who does that? Like, that went to the... go. He took a phone call that led him to go buy milk and. You know, like he went. I mean, literally. The ironic part, he took the phone call looking for viable sperm. (laughs) And like, and (laughs) literally, and when I say that he let, like, I'm not even exaggerating when I say that he took a phone call and left. She went upstairs. (laughs) Abby went upstairs. He got a phone call. He went outside. Abby came downstairs and he was gone. <laughs> oh Jesus! Like that, show. <laughs> so that again we... proves my theory that he did something at lunch, and by the end of the best of the day, he was gone. Wait, on the run. <laughs> oh my god! This is how they started. So, like, they started with it started as a hot mess, and then. The thing is, like, it's so out of character for Devon to even consider to consider fathering a child in that way. And also, I'm about to be controversial. I love, I love Devon. I do. But we all know that he has a wayward dick. Yep. And and that dick has been here, there, and <laughs> everything. Look, and as he- limited as his love interests have been, he slept with a lot of people. <laughs> This show went out of their way to make sure that he never had a child by any of the black women that he was involved with. Even when it would have made sense because that that whole setup with Elena and Nate was screaming who's the daddy. And Mm -hmm. they did not do that. But they did this. And then there's the Mariah of it all. Again, I'm about to be controversial, but there's something very almost sinister and having her go through an entire pregnancy, have trauma because of the circumstances surrounding the birth and, and being kidnapped and held hostage, and then having to deal with postpartum and attachment issues. Also, Miss Anne can get her heterosexual happily ever after. And then when it was time for Mariah and Tessa to start a family, their entire journey is off screen. That's some nasty work. I am, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna own it. I'm extremely resentful of just the entire circumstances and the way that this story played out. I don't like it. I don't want it. I will never be okay with it. I despise the fact that it happened. And I truly hope that Adam finds himself on another dark road late at night and turns that spawn into a speedboat. Do Send him it. to Delia. Kill the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked. I'm ne- I have never forgiven that show for that bullshit. You weren't I- even watching them when that happened, right? You had, you had left 
one I was before I was in and out. And when I heard they were doing it, I was like, yeah, fuck this. I was like, I'm not going back. I'm done. It, it well, was just, it was offensive on every level. Way. It was offensive on every level. Every single level. But on a cellular now. level, it bothered me. And that's why I wish them nothing but misery. The worst. I mean, like, there is no defending the fact that we watched Mariah be a surrogate for Abby. And then when it was time for Mariah to have her motherhood journey, we saw nothing. Defend that. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Exactly. Crickets. And then you'll wonder why we stop watching shows. Because <laughs> they do they do shit deliberately at this point. Right? Like, oh yeah, for sure. There's no way you did not think that would piss you off your a lot of your viewers. They have an out, and, they just won't take it. Stitch is the daddy. And it's it's one of those things where like you have to be playing deliberately obtuse to pretend that the circumstances surrounding that and the story that we got was not offensive trash. Because if you feel that it wasn't, defend it. And again, we have silence. Oh, no, I'm I'm barely here at this point. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) And I'm going to be honest with you. There's no way to defend that. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Defend it then. Go ahead. I, mean, I don't have anything to say. I don't care that much. So would would you delete the baby out of existence or just not make I mean, it? She said it wouldn't have the group. The baby wouldn't exist. Group, group project wouldn't, wouldn't exist. Yeah, because it wasn't necessary. Like she could have. I mean, like she could have. They could have done like a whole surrogacy journey for Abby and all of that without all of this. Without using the marginalized characters to give to that support part. it, like <laughs> you took, you took a lesbian and a black man who barely get written for, as it is, and then decided, oh, they were gonna, gonna be put... Miss Anne's props. <laughs> <sighs> then they had her asking what it's like to be. I was, oh, I was heated. What is like? Yeah, oh, I, rem- that, I remember. That was a thing. What it's like to be what? <laughs> What's what it was it like, like to, to be, be black, black, right? Yeah, she was and black. they literally showed her googling it. I, remember, I so Twitter exploded that day. I went, I went off for forty <laughs> because days. Because that's what you're gonna find like, on what Google. What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> uh, you like watch the, bullshit. Why in our brand of bullshit? <laughs> the whole th- and it's like, and it's like they knew that they fucked up because they they tried to backtrack on the Devon of it all. Yeah, because they were like, oh, now he's gonna be a part of the baby's life. Doesn't make it better given the history of given the band together, Nasty. All right, yeah, yeah, and Devon is is damaged beyond repair, it ain't work out. Well, I I liked it. You would, Mm -hmm. you would. (laughs) All right, Sarah, what is coming in at number two for you? My number two is Eli Grant. Um, controversial take. Uh oh, what are you going with this? I got defensive real I'm quick. What for, you talk about? I'm listening. What are we? What are we it's doing? It's not what you guys think. Okay. Okay. Is My it? controversial on, not, not. take on Eli Grant 
is I'm okay that they never play him as a Horton except oh. for Christmas. <laughs> um uh, what I no. would have what I would have liked for Eli and it's totally not even my idea. This is totally Nick's idea. Wait a minute. Are you, you um, about to take my number 1? But go ahead. Oh, is that your number 1? <laughs> Wait, if, if um, I, go ahead. Let's see what okay, you're saying. Okay. So, I would have I actually would have liked for Eli to have been developed as a character and I think one way of developing him as a character um would have been through Sheila because they already had a history mm. and we saw that on screen and Nick has always said one of the things that he would have done was brought Sheila's brother Russell in Ooh. um to kind of create angst for Ilani and I'll let Nick elaborate on the story because I, I I don't remember the details but for me I think bringing Eli in he had ties to the canvas through Valerie and through David. Is that, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Through David Banning. And he was just there. They never did anything with him. He barely got character development, if any at all. Um, so I would have liked for Eli to have been developed as a character that way we have more than just the carvers as a black family um in salem and i think eli would have been a great head of the grant family um as an addition to a new black family in salem so for me, one thing I would have changed is just developed Eli. And I think the best way to have done that was to bring in Russell because it's things that were already discussed in dialogue. Um, and then that could have further been flushed out. So that's my number two. Touche. That's not my number one, but okay. it's, 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 it's elements of it in there. <laughs> okay. Michael, what's coming in at number two for you? So for my number two wishful story, I would like for them to bring back Jack and Jennifer. And not just yeah. the characters, I mean the show, the Jack and Jennifer Devereaux show. Um, They oh. could bring it back as a podcast, it could be on streaming, it can be hell. Do they still do private, public broadcasts? I would like to see that. Um, Because they need to be in town. It's weird. They got people all up in their damn house. And they not there. I would like for them to come back. And the right Jennifer Rose, please. I have to be specific. Not Jen Heifer. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my number two. All right. Well, coming in at number two for me, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I am undoing Trina's paternity. She will remain Taggart's daughter. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Y'all had an axe to grind in y'all list. I just came to have fun. Oh, this but is fun again, for me. I came with no <laughs> so who am I to judge? What's that stopping you from judging anyway? It's you're just bad because all your faves are catching hell. A am I? Oh no, nah, only the baby. Y'all massacred the children today. I Remember mean, that. Because I, I honestly had no issue You're with the, the story. You need to almost burn the house with Emily in it. 
and nothing of value would have been lost. We can interchange it to Kristen and Brady Christina. Reining it back in because I had honestly I had no issue with the question of who Trina's father is. I just had an issue with the answer. We could have done everything we did and just had it revealed that Taggart is the one who still remains her father because everything Do after you not understand that that will just shit on the whole 23 and me storyline. And no, they shit on that a long time ago. They, they sent, shit on they that sent, a long time ago. They, they sent barely Stella remember. to England. Come on, she found a cousin. <laughs> but that didn't explain the Port Charles match. They said it was a. They said it was a glitch. Period. It could have remained a glitch. It, yeah, it totally could have remained. Should have remained a glitch. Right. <laughs> exactly. And everything they've done since making her Curtis's child has been absolute shit. So I would like to undo that and get back to the good things. So that is my number two. Great have, choice. Thank you. We have finally achieved number Mercifully. one in, in our most chaotic <laughs> episode ever. Nick, what is coming in at number one for you? My number one is about Eli Grant. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> and it starts off with his good friend Sheila being attacked and left for dead. She doesn't die. I don't want to kill her. I, did, I refuse to do that. Um, she's, you. She, she's, she ends up in a coma after she's attacked by a former gang member. One of the gang members that Eli um, helped put in jail back in the day. That's how he started his FBI career. So Eli goes undercover um, to investigate the drug ring and finally bring them down. And it turns out they're connected to the Corelli crime family. Oh God! Um, <laughs> um, he realizes the same people. Yada yada yada. Um, he's gonna bring them down. Like, it's a Nico Corelli now. I guess it's maybe Nick's son or Nick's nephew, whichever one you want to go. And he is ready to pull the trigger when he finds out that David is their number two. David Banning, his father. Um, he gets close to David under his alias. Um, finds out. David confides in him about his past and his troubled relationship with Julie and his distance from his son and how he faked his death to protect everyone and overwhelmed with emotion after he gets drunk because he just met his dad he tells David who he is like an idiot um, and begs David to basically turn the Corellis in so he can go back to his life David lets it slip to Nico Corelli that Eli is working for the feds. Eli gets yeah, shot. Why would he do that? David get unalive. That's how the story starts. That's, right. that's what he's changing in the story. That, what? I, <laughs> Stop questioning. Continue. Then we can ask him. Eli gets shot. This is a plot to bring back the Corellis, honestly. I mean, you clear. You just weren't paying attention. Um, Eli gets shot. David shoots Corelli um, just as the police arrive. Um, Eli gets taken to the hospital. David gets taken in, but he eventually gets released because he turns state's evidence against the Corelli family. And now David, Eli, and Julie and Valerie have to pick up the pieces of what's left. Ooh. So this is how Eli's in 
introduced. Yeah, this is how Eli meets his dad and David's reintroduced. That's how did Eli come to the canvas, though? That's what I'm asking. He came He's just back. <laughs> oh, he He's just so back. Eli just no, but how is Eli introduced? Because well, we met same? Eli, we met Eli at David's funeral. But mm-hmm. he so you're undeading. No way. This said Eli's faking his that David's faking his death. So David's all of that still happened. Oh, all that, all okay, that okay, still okay. happens. So the okay, 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 okay. So Eli, okay, we know okay, Eli's okay. currently working for the FBI again. So, so when so. Eli goes under, he sees his father, and that's how we find oh, out David's alive. Okay. Yeah. So everything has happened. Eli yeah. came to Salem under the guise of his father's funeral. But goes undercover and everything happens that you just talked about. No, this could be a current story. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to go back. It's something that could happen now. I said. No, Sheila, I know, I know, I know. It, we're we're not going back. But I'm but saying that. What does have to do with it? I said Sheila gets attacked by the former gang member. It's They're connected. No, it's not. No, it's They're not. Connected to the no, Corelli no, crime it's family. It's just leapy because it it actually <laughs> followed. It, it, follow, this it followed. The, very... This is the least convoluted I've been yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah this I, is pretty I, straightforward. Sheila's yes. attack is what causes Eli to go under. Undercover. I, I can. And then while he's under, okay. he sees David. Okay. And then that's connected to the Corellis. You temporarily lost me at the Corellis, but then you quickly deleted them out of existence not well, too long after the story ended. So well, then we were back on track. No, David was running from the Corellis when last time we saw him. So. That's not a stretch. Him still being still being involved with them. I did not know the Corellis existed back then. Oh yeah, they've been around for a long time. Nick, I've, I think I've it was Nick. Ever, I've only ever known Nick and his unfortunate brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nick was who David was running from. Nick showed up in eighty one. David returned in eighty. I think that same year actually. Nick was who shot David when Valerie was nursing him back to health. Nick was who shot him. I did not know that. Yeah. See, I'm crazy, but there's usually a method to my madness. You usually have a red thread. <laughs> yeah, that's right. only, yeah, that's the only reason I've ever connected David and the Corellis, because I knew that was part of the Abe, Valerie, David story back in the 80s. I will have to see. Okay, let's see it. Well, it ain't going to happen on this <laughs> show. <laughs> All right, what's coming in at number one for you? My number one is Lonnie adjusting to life outside of prison. And then she unintentionally starts to like distance herself from from her family, from Eli, from the kids, because she's having a hard time to adjust. This is something Dylan, Nick, and I have discussed back and forth for at least a year now. Now, granted, since I like Nick's idea so much, I don't know how this would happen. But again, this is what I initially wanted. Like the uh-huh. kids are more attached to Eli because he's been the factor, the consistent factor in the, the kid's life while Lonnie has been in prison. And she feels that. And also they have mentioned prior to like, was it Christmas maybe no I, it was actually this return that she's been mentoring people in prison but she I like she has been forgetting about herself is kind of where I want it to go because she's been focusing on helping others but not have, helping and healing herself and I then hope you're not putting her back on drugs she has never really been on drugs 
that whole drug storyline. No, 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 not no, no, intentionally. No, no, no. Not, not a drug story. Not a okay. Not Thank a, God. Not an alcoholism. Like not anything like that. But maybe she would have PTSD coming out of this. She's been mentoring others, but not helping herself, and she slowly falls apart. And here's something Dylan might drag me for because she hates this trope. Uh, so I would maybe add in a third interloper. Keep in mind, interloper, not an not a triangle, but someone taking advantage of Lonnie and Ilani kind of falling apart. And then the trope, sorry, Dylan, sorry, 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 but the miscommunication, the misunderstanding trope. Oh, oh God. Why'd you go for that But it's, it's somehow. Why'd you, but why do you have to go there when you already have all this other stuff happening? Yeah. I don't know. Somehow, I'm just saying, <laughs> like the third interloper. Well, let's honest about it. Listen, fair. I don't hate that trope. I'm sorry, but the, that third interloper kind of messing with their minds, making lies about things that didn't happen or things that they they didn't say, adding more mess into their lives, and thus ending up with the miscommunication, the misunderstanding trope. But then also I liked what Nick had going on with Eli. So I would kind of like adjust having that going on while Lonnie is adjusting to life outside of prison. Like that would have been- That's a lot. I know. Well, you you, you could probably do one after the other. Like you do the Eli story first. After that wraps, then we reintroduce Lonnie. So you're saying- The way I would turn it off because of (laughs) this real overload. (laughs) Because that would be too much at once. Like it's just a lot. But that's what they did back in the day. It was just a whole lot of at once, and it let's just throw everything on the wall and <laughs> let's hope it all sticks. No, but I would I would like to see this to see Lonnie adjust uh, like adjust to life outside of prison and just not having you had me until the interloper. I'm not saying a romantic interloper. I'm just saying well, that's why I said keep in mind not a triangle. Maybe it's a third party is what it's called. Yeah, a third party. And maybe interloper is more like romantic, but a third party coming in and messing up like whatever they have going on and messing it up and making worse and just taking advantage of Lonnie falling apart and then playing on that. Why? I don't know why. I don't have the context. It's your story. I know. <laughs> Let's just move on. No, okay. wait, I'm not done. Also. Oh, damn. I'm not done. You had oh. your out. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we tried to save you. No, I would also add into the story. We're still adding things. Yes. You can correct me and <laughs> drag me later. But one thing I, I feel like should still be a thing. And yeah, I don't mind their dynamic and relationship. However, I wouldn't mind Lonnie still feeling upset with her family, with Paulina, with Tamara, with Big Mama about being lied to for 30 years. I feel like she should. Yeah, I get she's kind of accepted it at this point, but I still don't want her to be completely okay with what 
all of this, like all of this happening and her not knowing anything about it for 30 plus years. I, I kind of want that well, to play. If she's accepted it, like we're past well, that actually, we don't necessarily have to be because if she's having a hard time reassimilating to life and having a hard time connecting to her children, she can kind of lash out at Tamara and Paulina and everybody because if she had known about the situation from the beginning, she may not have ended up in the situation she did that. Yes, she would have. Yes, she would have. She because the situation had nothing to do with her running up in there. I mean, Lonnie's reckless. Yosemite Sam. Lonnie's reckless. (laughs) Listen, listen. It's something that consistent with her. That it's something that Eli mentioned even recently. Lonnie is reckless. She. I mean, she literally ended up drugged (laughs) out at the dock. How many weeks ago? True. True. That's just who Lonnie is. However, yeah, the thing is. I would I would have her be okay with it on the surface, but underneath everything, she's still not all right with this because her life was turned upside down. And I feel like they would add more into that and it would make like the whole story even richer. It would make it more interesting. I would like to see it. And I don't think Lonnie should be completely okay with it. And that's basically the my number one story. I would like to see all of this. What I got from your number one story, Ariad, is that Marlene is going to spend a lot of time <laughs> giving Lonnie some therapy. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I don't mind it. I would like that, actually. But <laughs> don't the therapy aspect. But we're not going to get that because that shit happens off screen on this show. <laughs> Dylan, what's coming in at number one for you? Okay, my number one. One is kind of a cheat, and I fully admit that. Um, <laughs> it's over on Bold, and it's not so much a story or that I would change as it is a character. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody outside of the binary, we need to have a talk about Liam Spencer. Oh Lord. I don't go over there, but the things <laughs> I see on the timeline. Ah, listen, the show narrative is that he is a good guy who's a great dad. He's a good man, Savannah. That part. Okay. He's just having a really hard time right now. <laughs> Very much that. And he's been having a hard time for a decade. Like they We've been through them. three different sets of presidents and he's still having a hard damn time. <laughs> Wait, really? Boy, actually, I was being generous. <laughs> I mean, like they—they they are they are very much on the. He is a loyal son. He is a good brother. He is the swoon-worthy romantic lead. And the reality is that he is a hypocritical little Weasley fuckboy, whose interest in his children is dictated by where he's sticking his dick at the time. Literally. Oh Lord. Dictated was quite the appropriate <laughs> word. And. Like, he's doing it now <laughs> uh, literally as we speak like he he doesn't actually like anything about his father if we're keeping it a buck and he won't hesitate to stab, backstab his brother if he's in the way of something that he wants so it's like this is what we've seen this is what we've seen who he is this is who he's been on our screen and it's not even just the act of him going back 
and forth between Hope and Steffi that makes him a terrible romantic leading man. He's just it's, a terrible person. It's the way in which he does it. Like, the the ink is not even dry on his divorce papers. And he is standing in Eric's living room telling Steffi, not even is he telling Steffi, he's telling anyone who will listen, that letting her go was the biggest mistake of his life and how he can see clearly now without his hope goggles in the way. And he's doing this, mind you, while maintaining he is not trying to interfere in her marriage at all. Ben needs to shoot him. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that right there is the core of the problem with Liam as a character. They tell us that he's one thing and then they show us that he's another. Mm-hmm. And so what I would change is that instead of trying to tell us he's the good boy that he's clearly not, let him be a chip off the old Spencer block. Let him follow in the footsteps of his father and his grandfather and embrace the manipulative, lying, selfish, rat bastard that he is at the core of his being. Like, make him a a J.R. Chandler type lean into the toxicity that's there. Not my junior. Junior wasn't a bad person. Baby, Junior was not knocking bricks on people. (laughs) Junior was trying to take send people to the upper room. Yeah. And I love me some JR. I love (laughs) me some JR. Now what did they do? What did they do to him? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I love me some JR, but he was a problem. And that that was okay. That's what made him compelling. That's what made him interesting. That's what made him someone that you wanted to watch. The thing is, like, they are never going to be able to convince us that we haven't seen Liam do the things that we've seen him do. So the on-screen narrative needs to shift to match what it is we see. And I think that Scott Clifton is incredible. And quite frankly, he's the only reason that Liam is remotely viable at this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying. That's a stretch. I'm, it's I mean, really I'm not. I'm not saying that he's a good actor, that he's not a good actor. But I'm saying that's not saving him. <laughs> I mean, they listen. He he's we, what a man. We let that rock <laughs> for a while, but we're at a point now to where we just have to say, even he's not. He can't even turn this shit into sugar. I, I mean, this this is what I'm saying. I think that he would kill it if they let him be like the darker heir to the Spencer throne. He's a Spencer. Let him be that. Let let him let him drink some milk, grow some hair on his chest, and just go with the spirit of his daddy and his granddaddy, and be hell intentionally, purposefully. Because at this point, I I don't think you can salvage Liam the good guy. So let him be who he is, and let him revel in it, and and go from there because the truth is I'm tired options a few <laughs> okay like look he's not and the thing is like I I live in reality so I know he's not going anywhere if yeah. he's not gonna go anywhere may, if he's not gonna go anywhere stop trying to gaslight me but that's what he's doing to the character. So I, in that sense, it makes sense. But no, I, I get what you're saying. 
<laughs> like I, I I don't there's I don't think that he can be like salvaged as the you know romantic hero that they tell us that he is. So let him be exactly what he is and lean into that and and let him be like you know the chaotic ball of toxicity that he is but stop like having everybody on screen pretend that that's not what's happening like the way that characters relate to him is baffling like there's no reason for Brooke and Ridge to not both be ready to jump him right now and they're not they're like singing his praises and and waving team liam banners and it's weird so i just yeah that's what i would do i would i would i would take liam spencer over to the dark side and just let that be that that's that's my number one that's what i would do excellent choice sarah what is coming in at number one for you my number one is actually not in salem um it's over there in the the ports of charles (laughs) (laughs) this is current story and i'm gonna we talked about this in our mid-year wishfuls and i'm going to reiterate um what i would like to see happen is as may face the consequences of her negative actions and what i especially need to see is trina beating her ass (laughs) because (laughs) what we're getting right now is not it and matter of fact trina needs to rip her little boyfriend a new one too that was a great number one sarah michael what is coming in at number one for you so the number one story that i would change i'm going back back to the era of my days and i would change the fact that brady and Teresa have reclaimed tate I really wish that Kristen would have raised Tate as her own. All the times that she was on the brand and we thought she was just parlaying a politic and she could have been with Tate. I feel like we would have much more grander stakes than of them finding Tate now rather than back then. And that is my number one. So by the time he finds out that he's that Tate that Tate's uh, like by the time they Exists. find out Tate's alive he's a teenager or are we completely yes. okay yes. I thought you were going to undo his existence altogether and I would have been okay with that too <laughs> so but that actually you agree with this one yeah that I'm, I'm okay with this I'm, I'm three for two for five I can live with this <laughs> I actually really no. do like that story because no, no, like yeah no, that no, would have no. been no I'm hell I, I think i'm five out of five nobody yelled at me today <laughs> you yelled at everyone else i'm sorry y'all was wrong <laughs> i can't stand you all right well coming in at number one for me is over in salem um i would undo basically sean getting raped by jan via the devil um <sighs> Uh, what I would have what I would have done instead is when Bell almost walked when Bell walked in, have her actually stop it and prevent it from happening. And then I would then parlay that into Sean and Bell having really 
Sean and Belle actually going into the foundation of what is wrong in their relationship because not only did Sean believe Belle was possessed when she in fact was not, she then could not, he then was, he was then in bed with somebody else and thought it was her. So then that would bring up Belle's insecurities about their relationship and they would finally be able to actually dive deep into the foundation of their relationship and figure out why when things go wrong she always runs away or why it's so easy for him to why it's so easy for him to distrust her and all of these things that we could have gotten out of that story that we just never did that is where I would have gone with it and I would have completely not done the magical rape baby that they then later undid that never would have happened but you're deleting that from from existence and that is my number one does anybody have any honorable mentions Uh, I do I do oh Jesus you're gonna be quick you're gonna be quick (laughs) Um, Sunny and Sunny Kiriakis and Chad Demare should have been fucking six months after Abigail died. Um, Spencer and <laughs> well, Trina. Damn. <laughs> hey, Spencer. And, if I was writing DH at this time, Spencer and Trina would have gotten married, hoping to get custody of that baby, only for that baby to blow sky high in the in the um in the haunted star, and they just stuck married like idiots. Um, wow. If not, <laughs> if not, Adam Chandler's daughter. With some random woman he cheated with, Sky Chandler could have been Dino Jerome's kid, and that's it. Right there, what Robin mentioned is Lonnie's fraternity. That's mm. all I'm gonna say. You keep it. You'd keep it as Abe. Yeah, yeah. I know that they but left it, was... it open mm-hmm. by not doing DNA tests, but like, what was the point of taking Abe's kid away? What was the reason for Jackie to be on? On here, they could have made her somebody else. Abe should have got a test years ago. I don't disagree with that statement, but they yeah. still didn't have to do that story. <laughs> no, Jackie could have still been who she was. Yeah, it's just that maybe she could have caused angst for Lonnie in general because maybe she knew things about Lonnie nobody else knew. That part. Okay. Anybody else have any honorable mentions? Not any that that I can think of right now. Um, right. I would have. Instead of like, I don't mind them, so y'all don't come for me. <laughs> but instead of Dante and Sam, I would have went with Dante and Maxie. Yep. Because mm-hmm. when Lulu wakes up, I need mess. Mm-hmm. Lulu waking up, Lulu Sam and Dante. <laughs> when Dante put his box down in Sam's house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was up to him like being with Sam is not as messy as yeah. Lulu waking up to him being with Maxie. Yep. In their house? In their house with all of the history between Lulu and Maxie. Playing the We're going back in my damn house. Right? Yep. We're going and back to our boxing days. Yep, because Maxie and Lulu have fought overdues before. They just haven't done it in years. Mm-hmm. But them fighting over Dante, that's TV. That's soap television right there. Dante raising the baby that Maxie took from Lulu. Ooh, Ooh. that's messy as fuck. I want it so bad. I want it so bad. <laughs> and the thing is, they've made me like Sam and, da- Sam and Dante. Yeah, recently. I, I like Sam them. and Dante too. But I don't mind them at all. They're just inconsequential. They don't really impact story. They're just kind of there. They're cute. They're hot. But... Mm. 
they just not necessary. <laughs> like I would like I would like some mess. I would like this that's my kind of mess. Like history rooted mess is like my that's my ministry. That's some shit East Enders would do. Like they don't really do the oh let's follow the chemistry. They will do the most fucked up shit just to cause chaos. And it's really it's it's mostly rooted in history. And like they would never go there, but they're gonna go there because then they get to explore this. All right. All right. So if that's it on the honorable mentions, I am going to wrap this crazy podcast up <laughs> and say we'll catch you all next week. Bye everybody. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye. I had the best list. I'm not Tyler Perry. Let's not do that. <laughs> I'm here for so mess and drama. Better than yours. Well, you this, got, I say you got this Tyler podcast Perry definitely delivered on the mess part. Who got that? What, Dylan? He said I have Tyler, Tyler Perry, Perry tendencies. tendencies. And I, I can own that. That particular <laughs> one wasn't Tyler Perry esque. Y'all just didn't listen to me. <laughs> Anyways, I had the best list. Cut the record, Aria. <laughs> Debatable. Bye, y'all. I'm hungry. Bye. Come on, bye, y'all. <laughs>